Howdy to one and all, and welcome back to the Oklahoma Today podcast, bringing you all the best our state has to offer. This week, we've lassoed a pair of art lovers from the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum to talk about the 50-year history of Preda West happening this week at the museum. But first, our question of the week, we asked you, what was your favorite Oklahoma place to visit when you were a kid? First up this week, Editor-in-Chief Nathan Gunner. It's actually perfect that we have the uh, National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum on on this week because mine was the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, then known as the Cowboy Hall of Fame because I'm an 80s baby. Um, but I loved that the Western town that used to be in the basement and now it's not in the basement anymore. They still have it. Prosperity it was my Junction. Prosperity Junction. Thank you. They, yeah, I loved it. I, you, I, you can still go through there. Yeah. I love yeah, it. Yeah, but it used Kids? to be in the basement. Yes. It's not in the basement anymore, but it's still cool and that was my favorite place as a kid. Easily the Cowboy Hall of Fame. It's always nice to know that as a child you can go somewhere and experience life behind bars. It's it's so it was so important to my formation as a human being. <laughs> uh, managing editor Carly Barra. Uh, I'm gonna have to say around the corner from Nathan's uh, the zoo. I love big. Naturally. I've always been a big animal lover, so of course the Oklahoma City Zoo and the Tulsa Zoo. I've been there quite a few times. And too. you love small animals too. All animals, <laughs> every animal. <laughs> I, I was We're going to go to Sip and Stroll this month, speaking of the zoo. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, since you grew up in Edmond, I thought you were talking about the restaurant in downtown called Around the Corner. <laughs> At oh, first, oh I, was, gosh. I was like, hey, everybody loves ham and beans. Although, speaking of Edmond, I really hope someone's answered this question as Enterprise Square USA, but we'll get there. We'll get to the social media <laughs> of it all in a minute. Uh, photo here, Megan Rossman. Um, I really wanted to go there, but it closed before it I, I, I think it closed long before I could. <laughs> And I did not live here when I was a kid, but I did come visit here, uh, and I went to Poto. Poto's fun for all ages. Yes, it is. But what was closed before you got here? Enterprise Square. Enterprise Square. Oh, oh, okay. Uh, Research editor, Ben Lucian. Are we familiar with uh, Fin and Feather Resort? Yes. Yes, we are familiar with Fin and Feather Resort. So for, oh, geez, I don't know, maybe five, five, six years, um, we had, like, family reunions out there um, every summer that I have a lot of memories of. Um, Also just Grand Lake in general. We, We went out to Grand Lake quite a bit. Uh, my uncle had a, a pontoon boat for a while that we had a lot of fun riding. So That's fun. On the pontoon. It's an old country song. Sorry. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Uh, mine, uh, your dreams are coming true, Nathan, because mine is Enterprise Square. Was it USA. really? Uh, <laughs> was it really your favorite place when you were a kid? Cause I, I loved it. It was insane. It was, it's, it was capitalism omniplex, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't so, even know what this is. And it was called Enterprise Square USA. It was on the campus of Oklahoma Christian University, if I remember, if I recall that correctly. I thought it was in an old Montgomery Ward, but maybe you're right. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, um, it was. It was like science museum, but it, everything, instead of science, it was capitalism. Huh. So there were like arcade games where you would like have a business and have to like pay payroll and account for stock in and they out. They had and all, video you know? phones. And yeah, I remember they did. That they had video phones well yeah. before FaceTime was a thing. Yep. They were... 
terrible. They I were mean, awful quality. It didn't work you could at barely all. Hear. No. Anyway, uh, they had some really odd video games that I was obsessed That's with. That's pretty much most of what it was. Was yeah. like video, like weird, like specific to the topic video games that you would never find anywhere else. So, so there was one <coughs> where you had to you. It's like you owned a lawn mowing business. I remember. And you this. had to mow the lawn in these geometric yes. patterns to get it to make it the most efficient. <laughs> and I, yeah. if I could download that on my phone right now, I oh, would. Man. I would pay a dollar ninety nine. I was I was so into that okay. stupid game. If if the person who owns the intellectual property rights to all of those games oh, at Enterprise man. Square is listening, you have there's some money to be made in the App Store. Literally That's all we're saying. one dollar and ninety nine yeah. cents. That and, is what you, know, you will make. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was it was a big it was like a big place to teach kids about capitalism. Oh. That's Businesses what it was. That was the point and of it. Yeah. like I remember there was like a giant donut room, and it was um, and they yeah. and they were like I only ever went once. They so were it's teaching you about the like the cost of the ingredients and then the yeah. labor and then how you sell it for more. And yeah. That anyway. sounds like so much fun for children. It, I'm gonna I mean, be. It, well, I wasn't in school, so <laughs> yes. I, I mean, I went once, and I never begged to go back, and it's no longer open. So, well, just saying. Here is what you guys had to say. A whole lot. Wow. This might be our most popular question of the week yet. I want to say we had over 250 replies just on Facebook. Um, (laughs) Probably the most popular answer was my grandparents' house, uh, which is very sweet. That is very Uh, sweet. But for their privacy, we will not be telling listeners. We're publishing all of of your grandparents' addresses. (laughs) Uh, Kathy Weatherford and Ann Hill Bradshaw, among many others, said Wollerock, which I think Mm. we all uh, think deserves a visit. Yep. Uh, even if you aren't a kid. Uh, Kim McCoy mentioned the Tulsa Zoo, and Mary Smith echoed a lot of other answers with the Oklahoma City Zoo, mm-hmm. including Andy Kozal, who said that it was the greatest treat ever when our parents used to take us up there from Anadarko in the early 70s. Mm. Uh, and be sure to keep your eyes peeled for a lot of fun stuff happening at the zoo uh, this year. We, oh, my gosh. We got to go out there yes. and see preview some uh, really fun events, uh, especially fans of building bricks uh, and uh, and alcohol. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of fun stuff coming up. Uh, Ron Teague Flannery said Turner Falls, another gorgeous destination with a lot of fun for families. Uh, Connie Robison and Robert Marchant uh, mentioned the long-since-gone Spring Lake Amusement Park in OKC. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, and Katinka Bolding mentioned Westwood Village Amu- Amusement Park, which uh, which actually came before Spring Lake in, wow. in Oklahoma City. Uh, of course, a lot of folks like Patricia Prime mentioned Bells in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and James Rickard uh, called out Big Splash as well. Um, a lot of answers. I remember Big Splash. Yeah, it was huh. a Tulsa. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, you know, uh, in the same vein as, as your Whitewater Bay, mm, that sort of Hurricane stuff. Hurricane Harbor now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there are a lot of answers about our uh, fabulous state parks. Leona Blakemore, mm. who loved Robert's Cave. Kevin Morsey, uh, who used to camp at Greenleaf for weeks at a time. Uh, Sandy's story summed it up best when she said, any of the state parks, but I really liked Quartz Mountain. Um, Don Dillingham, uh, like me, a lover of traveling for food, mentioned going to El Reno for onion burgers. Uh, if you haven't yet, go to OklahomaToday.com, where our own Ben Lucian recently wrote about his first trip to El Reno for That's that right. local delicacy. Yeah. Uh, ben should maybe also plan a trip to Tulsa for Jimmy Chicona's suggestion, the Brookside Coney Islander in Tulsa. <laughs> uh, a few things better than, uh, yeah. than just a plate of chili dogs at the I Coney mean, Islander. 
That's uh, a cool kid. I would yeah. have liked to have hung out with the kid who likes uh, that. We also had uh, Renee Vital mention Ca- uh, Casa Bonita in OKC. Uh, Larry Green said he loved going to Mount Scott as a kid where he dreamed of finding Jesse James buried treasure. Uh, <laughs> lots of other stuff. The Blue Whale in Catoosa. Um, uh, we had one person, Terry uh, Sotig, uh, I think. Uh, sorry if I mispronounced that. Was reminiscing about the Wagon Wheel restaurant in El Reno where oh, his wow. parents would take them a couple of times a year. Quote, best fried chicken I ever, best restaurant fried chicken I ever had. <laughs> I assume his mom made better fried chicken. Probably. Then. It's hard uh, to get it better than homemade, no matter, <laughs> where, no matter what restaurant you're talking about. Uh, if you would like a, to take a trip down memory lane, please head over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Oklahoma Today, and you can read all the great answers. There's a lot of conversations going on there, people reminiscing about uh, their favorite Oklahoma spots. So uh, now let's talk to Natalie Shirley and Dan Karazi about Preto West at the uh, National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum. And now we are very happy to give a uh, wild howdy to our friends at the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum, uh, President Natalie Shirley and the Pre-to-West chair, uh, Committee Chairman, Dan Karazi. Uh, thank you guys for joining us on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having us. We're so excited to be here. Yeah, same here. My pleasure. Look forward to talking with you. Well, um, so first of all, uh, I, I'm going to chastise any of our listeners who don't know about Pre-to-West, but if you don't, for some reason, this is your first time out of the cave uh, in 50 years. Uh, tell us a little bit about pre to west All right. Well, Dan, I'll, I'll, if you don't mind, I'll start and then you fill in with, with the details. And don't tell anybody if I get it wrong, okay? <laughs> um, but pre to west is the nation's finest um, art show, uh, art sale and exhibition of Western art in truly in the nation. Um, it's, we've been doing it for 50 years and it is, it is an art sale that culminates in an art sale that, uh, where we sell millions of dollars of, of truly the finest Western art that you're going to see, um, any place. So Dan, you want to fill in what I, I think, you know, in a nutshell, you said it, it is, this is the 50th year coming up. And uh, it is definitely the premier Western fine art show in the country. And I say fine art because there's different definitions of art. A lot of things can be called art. But one of, one of the things that makes the pre west stand out, there are a number of things, but one of the things that make it, makes it stand out is the qu- absolute quality of the art that's in the, in the show. Uh, the other thing that makes it stand out is the facility. Uh, there are a, a, you know, there are a good number of museum shows that are are, are are well done that are very nice, but no one else has the facility that the Pre West has. The galleries are magnificent. The the event center is is simply just uh, uh, extremely impressive. And when you put that all together, and we have a staff that that uh, lives, eats, and breathes Pre West. Uh, the end result is what we get, and that is the premier Western fine art show in the country. It, it's one of my favorite uh, things to visit when I'm at the Cowboy. Uh, every year, that's one that I, I always uh, make a point to beg uh, one of your PR people for a pass <laughs> to come out and see. But uh, truly, uh, it it is. It's this is one of those shows where you will walk down the gallery and you will find yourself standing transfixed sometimes by a piece of art that 
that has just struck you, that has just grabbed you, and and you won't even realize time is passing until until you realize there's someone behind you that would also like to take a look at it if you'd get out of the way. So, um, well, Greg, I'm going to have to put you on the marketing staff because oh, that's okay. probably the best uh, the the best sales pitch I've I've uh, I've heard for for Prita West in a long time. Well, um, tell me a little bit about uh, how do you guys go about choosing? Because you're absolutely right, Dan. The the, the quality of it is amazing, uh, but that really comes down to not just the artists, but the but the people on the committee. You guys are choosing these. How, how what's the process for this? The the, the, the process is a, a it's a committee process. A lot of organizations have committees that are just committee in name. Uh, the, uh, quite honestly, the Prito West Committee is a functioning committee, <clears throat> and uh, essentially, what happens, all of us individually, either uh, whether we all go to shows or, or attend sales or auction or what have you, we're always looking for uh, quality artists. And essentially what happens is, you know, those of us on the committee will bring back names of artists that we feel are worthy of being considered for the Prito West. There, there's also an application process that, that comes in, but the, the most important thing is for us as a committee individually to see uh, an artist's work in person, because uh, as, you know, maybe you can appreciate this. I love technology, technology is great, but when you're looking at fine art, technology does not do it any justice. You have to see it in person to appreciate it. So, so the, the selection process is, is done by the committee. Typically we do it a year, year and a half in advance of a show. And uh, our, our process is based on the makeup of the show and uh, uh, there are different categories that we, that we uh, separate the show into. And if we feel there's an area where we need a particular artist who's, let's say, does landscape, then we'll look for landscape. If we feel we need uh, portraiture or figurature, we would do that if we need cowboy. So that's the process that takes place. Okay, but not only does does the committee do uh, select the artist because that's sort of what comes first. Then you, Dan, would you go on and talk about the screening process for when they submit art? Yes. Uh, uh, as I said, all of the artists that whom we select for the Prix de West are, without exaggeration, the the top artists in their area, some of the top artists in the country. That being said, uh, I don't care who, who you are, uh, nobody hits a home run every time you get up to the plate, okay? So the, one of the things that uh, I, I feel separates us, one of the other things that separates from us from a lot of other school, uh, shows is that we actually screen the art every year. Even though you are a pre to West artist, you when you submit the, the art and there's different due dates and deadlines, we, we physically on site look at all the art. And if we determine that a piece or two pieces or three pieces don't meet the quality standard of the show, then we, we screen it out. And, and we, we do that to maintain the quality of the show and to uh, quietly assure collectors that when they come to the Prix de West, what they're buying is the finest quality art. I understand. That's, I mean, that's, that's a, um, I think that takes a certain amount of confidence. <laughs> You know, uh, I don't know that a lot of uh, a lot of my art loving friends would have uh, to to be able to look at and say not quite good enough. Right. Um, 
And what, what, one other thing, if I just uh, share with you with respect to the screening, not, not, none of us on the committee, none of us, the, the, the uh, uh, Pretty West committee members are true artists. You know, I'm a photographer, but I'm not a I'm not a painter, I'm not a sculptor. So what, what we do is we utilize uh, several of our longtime top pre to West artists who will anonymously work with us to from a technical point of view. When we're screening the art, they give us their technical impressions. They don't have a vote. They don't have a choice as to whether a piece is in the show or out of the show. But we rely on their expertise to reinforce our 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 assessment and and typically uh th there's not much of a disagreement typically if, if something doesn't look right it doesn't look right to an artist and to someone who's not an artist no, i understand well and you guys are surrounded by it so often uh, you're basically bathing in this art uh yeah. you know so i feel like you know you're you're gonna have a real eye for it is there can you remember uh a piece uh, uh, or, or an artist who, who you first saw, uh, while looking for, uh, someone for pre to West that you were just like, how have I not seen this before? Uh, I, 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 I don't think I could say yes to that question. Okay. Uh, I, I think what I what we would say is that work is really exceptional. Uh, th there's so much of it out there. Uh, you know, what you can, what we will say is that this work really stands out in comparison to other work that we've seen. But it's not necessarily a question that we haven't seen it before, because typically we follow the market pretty closely. And we're watching, we watch all of the other shows, uh, who's attending the show, as far as the artists, what their work is. We go to most of the gallery shows. A lot of us go to auctions, Western auctions. So we're, we are actually, to your point, we are living and breathing part and, and so so when we see something you know we've, we've seen it before there's not necessarily a uh, a first time when it's like oh wow look at this yeah. it's we know the artist and and we know the quality is there you know i i think greg if, if you don't mind what i would tell you is is that that for the attendees of of pre to west and many have been attending for for decades there are a couple of artists that have have come on the scene and and while the committee has been watching their work, they may not have have seen the work and they're just blown away. I'll give you an example. Um, when Teresa Elliott first came uh, came to to Preta West, um, people were just struck by by her her portraits of of cows in particular but i mean they're 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 whimsical and yet serious at right. at the same time they're unique yes they they are they're unique um ed mel is is another artist that that we hadn't seen um and his very abstract um uh paintings were were something that that the museum goers were were delighted, or the the pre to West goers were delighted with. Um, Hajiz is a, it uh, is is another one. So so the committee has been watching it and and waiting for these artists to mature, and then they come upon the scene in in the form of of the pre to West exhibition and sale, and and as the cell changes and morphs every year, it really gives the attendees a, 
somebody new to see and, and some new perspectives. So um, it, it, the committee is, is, is kind of doing our work for us in the sense of, <laughs> of, of finding the, these amazing artists. Well, and, and what's great is for, for people like me uh, uh, who, who loves the art, but is maybe more of a casual fan, that means pre to West is just a guaranteed hit. I mean, you're going to go in there and you're going to see stuff uh, that, that maybe you haven't seen before, but that it has been vetted that has been looked at and, and, uh, and, you know, you really are getting the cream of the crop. Yes, most definitely. The, the, the other thing, and I think I touched on it before, uh, uh, it's extremely important uh, when you are showing art to put it in its best perspective possible. And the, the galleries in the museum are such that just about wherever uh, the, the staff in the museum, when they're setting up the show, wherever they put it, every piece gets its own area in a sense. So you're not kind of lost looking around. You see a piece and you're able to focus and you could do that with all. For example, this year, there are 288 pieces in the main show. So that's an awful lot of art. Now, and the majority of those are paintings. There are some sculptures and some some uh, some bronzes and so on. So you need a, you need a, a many, many galleries and you need staff that knows how to, quote, hang a show to make it be appealing to uh, to the attendees. Uh, Dan is absolutely right. Greg, I remember the first schooling I got when when I came to the museum was from one of, of our preparators. And he was explaining to me that he actually dates the the light. I'm going to use the word bulbs, but the lights that that focus on on the art, because depending upon the age of the bulb, it will be more blue or more yellow. And he knows what bulb is is going to accentuate the the piece better than than perhaps another. And, and, and I was just awestruck by by his ability to do that. That yeah. attention to detail. I mean, that's 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 what it's about. And, and, be, and beyond that, one of the curators who has since retired, but we're still following the same format. Years ago, he created a scale model of all the galleries and uh, has take, take, they take photos of every piece of art. And before they hang the art in the galleries, he would hang the art in the scale model to get it correctly. He has since retired and the, the curator who essentially was doing what he did, Susan Patterson, she now does the exact same thing. So there's a tremendous amount of time and effort and diligence to hanging the show to yeah. make it look right. Now, of course, you might think we could do that with a CAD model or something like that, right? But you really can't because you're looking at at the gestalt of the of of the um, uh, show, you want to see how it looks, you know, in juxtaposition to the other to to another side of the room. And while you could go around, you can't get that overall sense of what this show looks like. But for this kind of low tech um, modeling, um, but it's it's essential. Yeah. I, you know, that that's fascinating. And I, I think uh, I, I hope our, our art loving audience here is uh, understands the, the amount of work that is going into this. Uh, when when is pre to West this year? 
June 17th and, and 18th is the actual actual sale. The 18th is the actual sale. Okay. Um, but we'll be doing previews beginning this week. One of the things that we learned in the pandemic is that um, we brought in small groups, you know, to look at the art, be, you know, because of, of, of concerns of, of COVID. People loved it. They loved getting to see the artwork early and to think about it and and to consider it. Um, and so we now do it, even though, you know, we could go back to the old way, but um, we'll have previews throughout the next couple of weeks as people come in and experience the art and look at it. That, that, that with respect to what Natalie said, one, one of the things that uh, as a committee and, 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 and Natalie uh, is on board with that, is that you, you can't stay still with the show. You, you have to evolve and you have to change. Otherwise it gets stale and uh, not everything from the past is great. Not everything from the future is great, but you pick out what's the best from, from the past and the future and, and you move and you move forward. Well, at, at 50 years, I think at this point, you guys have to admit this is a hit. I mean, uh, <laughs> yes. yeah. not too not too many things last 50 years and, and continue to be successful. I, I agree. I, I mean, I've got a few years left till 50 and I don't think it's going to get any better. Uh, <laughs> OK, Greg, we're giving you your ticket. You come. It's going to be better. OK. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Greg, before I mention, just to give you a sense, and, and uh, Natalie mentioned millions, the the number of pieces in the show this year is 288, and the total retail value of the show is 6.1 plus million dollars. I mean, that is that that's tremendous, and it and it I think it also really speaks to the trust. Uh, uh, that the artists have, but but also the prestige of the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum uh, that, that you have people from across the country who are uh, who can't wait basically to get their pieces up in those galleries and show them off to this audience, a very discerning audience. Yeah, very, very often. I know I have heard artists uh, not who are in the show, but artists who uh, would like to be in the show say, you know, I'd love to be in the Prix de West because that's the Academy Awards of Western fine art. Yeah. And, and I think it's a good, good way of describing it. I think that's right. There's a chain of trust. It begins with the artist. Um, it then goes to the committee um, It then goes to the museum and it then goes to the collectors and 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 even the, the new buyers that that everyone has done their part to make this a great sale. It is the museum's single largest fundraiser. Um, and so, of course, it's in, it's important to to us. But we're just one of the links in that very that that very long chain of of trust that's been created over the decades. Well, uh, folks, uh, you absolutely have to get out to the National Cowboy. I, I was going to say that there's no bad time to visit the National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum. But uh, legally speaking, uh, there it's closed sometimes and you shouldn't go in then. Uh, but when it's open really never a bad time. Uh, and you should especially get out and see the pre to West, uh, Dan and Natalie. Thank you guys so, so much 
for joining us on the podcast and uh, and and telling us more about pre West. I cannot wait for the show, and I, I really hope our listeners get out there too. We look forward to seeing you there. All right, thank you guys. Well, Great, you're you. terrific. Thank you. Megan, you were at pre West this morning, were you not? I was. Yeah. How was it? Um, I liked it a lot. I talked to Seth and marketing and <laughs> Melissa and marketing. And did you see Tim? I don't think <laughs> so. I don't think I saw men walking around in uniforms, but I don't think any of them <laughs> no were Tim him. sighting. But yeah, I did see some really cool thing by uh, why I'm blanking. Paul on. Moore. Thank you. I've said Oklahoma his name like artist, half Paul a dozen Moore, who times. Who you today. declared in a text to me the winner of this of this year's oh, competition? Oh yes, I yeah. <laughs> he was. He's kind of like a, a gothic western, so it appealed to my dark heart. It's very cool stuff. <laughs> if you're going to Pre to West, go look for the stuff from Paul Moore and Oki Artists. Very very cool. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. so much great art there. Yeah, it's, it's every it's year. It really it's is a, a great show. show, and it's international. People come from all over the world mm-hmm. to yeah. come look yeah. at this stuff. I think yeah, it's so I, cool. Th- this is the the finest western art show i think i mean it's oh yeah in the world 50 literally years. in the world yeah um and, and just keeps getting better. people don't appreciate what a big deal it is but it's a big deal all right now it's it's, any wonder child me had such good taste <laughs> that's that's that his favorite right. place was the cowboy hall whereas child me loved capitalism, capitalism. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> all right it's now time for us to once again plumb the depths of travelok.com's calendars for our weekly pod events and first up this week is ben well as we all know there have been so many great musicians uh, throughout the centuries. But a good way to tell when a performer has reached true icon status is when their fan followings have become as famous as the artists themselves. Mm. For instance, the Grateful Dead, they've got their Deadheads. Uh, Beyonce has the Bayhive. Uh, BTS has its Army. There's Justin Bieber's Believers, Taylor Swift's Swifties, Katy Perry's Katy Cats. But in writing this event, I have noticed a critical gap. You see, as amazing and culturally impactful as the classical as the classical great composers Mozart and Beethoven are, I have no way to address their fans as a whole when I tell them to attend the Bright Music Chamber Ensemble's Musical Kaleidoscope Summer Festival concerts June 14th and 15th in OKC. So, in an effort not to have anyone feel left out, I've taken the liberty of coining my own names for these proud fan nations. For instance, Franz Schubert's Schubus can hear a rousing live performance of the Austrian romantic composer's Trio No. 1 in B-flat major for piano, violin, and cello during the June 14th concert. 20th century French composer Jacques Hibert's Trois Breve for a wind quartet leads off this his, the June 14th performance, which should delight the extroverts to no end. <laughs> And we can't leave out the Mozarts and their beloved Wolfgang Amadeus's quintet for piano and winds in E-flat major that very same day. Both concerts begin 7.30 p.m. and will take place at St. Paul's Cathedral in downtown Oklahoma City. Admission into each individual show is $20, although active military and students get in free with ID, so it's an ideal time for Mozart parents to initiate their teens into the full wolf gang. Visit (laughs) brightmusic.org for a full performance schedule and additional information. Oh, my God. 
The Wolf Gang. The Wolf Gang. That's good. That's, that's good. That was way better than my initial suggestion, which would be the Morons. <laughs> that's pretty good, too. <laughs> Thanks. All right, Nathan, you're up next. Okay, so uh, as I frequently do, I'm going to start this with kind of a group question. If you... If y'all could have any five people from history over for dinner, dead or alive, hmm. what would you wear? Oh. <laughs> dead or alive. I would wear nothing. Okay. <laughs> dead or alive. Okay. Uh, so while you may not be able to wrangle them for a dinner party, the historic figures you'll meet at, at Enid Chautauqua will nonetheless be fascinating company. In this case, that company will come in the form of 1960s notables Allen Ginsberg, Christopher Isherwood, Mama Kess. Mama Cass Elliot, Timothy Leary, and John Lennon. Hear from historic reenactors and scholars about the era that produced each of these characters over five nights of entertainment, storytelling, and historic education at the Humphrey Heritage Village at the Cherokee Strip Regional Heritage Center in Enid. Evening performances... What is wrong with me? Evening performances kick off at 6.30 p.m. June 14th through 18th. Call 580-237-1907 or visit csrhc.org. That's csrhc.org for more info. The the I the whole Chautauqua thing. Dead is, or alive. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> I, I I read up on on the on the history of Chautauquas and it's it's, it's fascinating. It really is. Yeah. The, the the kind of early American knowledge festivals. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, coupled with like that day that your history teacher in high school came in dressed as Sam as Mark Twain. I'm Samuel Clemens. Yeah. You know. It's uh, so, like can we have history outside today? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun deal. Yeah, quite a line, a very trippy kind of line. It's all about the 60s. Everything's about the 60s. Yeah, the the 60s. Yeah. My brain didn't pick up on that. Yeah, it's from the 1960s. (laughs) But yes, it is. The the, the Timothy Leary, I'm sure, will be fascinating. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, Megan, what's your event? (laughs) Well, it's okay to go nuts in Oak Mulkey. In fact, their civic leaders encourage it as long as you do it in the right place at the right time. But don't flush the Lexapro and the benzodiazepines just yet. From June 16th to the 18th, nuts and nut lovers will hit up the city's downtown for the annual pecan festival. They don't create the gigantic pecan pie anymore, but you can sample pecan treats with the best cookie ever contest. And when you're not going nuts, you can fall belly deep in the ribs and roll barbecue championship, Mm. which that name is a little mysterious to me. I, I don't know what the roll means. Um, but you'll find out. And then you can run for your life at the Splash and Dash Fun Run and Walk, and there will, of course, be face painting, carnival rides, arts and crafts, and more food. For information, visit oakmulgeechamber.org. Sounds like fun. I'm glad they brought that back. Yeah. We used to go to that as a kid, and the, the, the pie was fun to see, but... It was a huge pie outdoors. Yeah. So there were like flies. You'd get a slice of like flies in it. So it's better they're not doing it. Like I, I like that cookie contest. Though. Yeah. I wonder if somebody eventually was just like, you know, guys, it was, it was a little just gross. kind of a mess. I mean, it was quite a feat of engineering, but it was a little gross too. So I'm mm-hmm. glad they're not doing it. But I'm glad the festival itself is back. I know Moggy's cool. Oh, yeah. So. And who doesn't love pecans? Yeah. What about you, Carly? It seems like every time I pay attention to the news, there's something else that scientists have discovered will kill you. Leafy greens are tainted with listeria. Peanut butter uses palm oil, which is decimating the orangutan population. And bread is just plain evil, apparently. (laughs) But here's some good food news. Beer is the newest superfood. 
Many recent studies have found that consuming suds in moderation, which is about one pint a day for women and two for men, could help protect you from diabetes, boost your brain power, build stronger bones, and generally lengthen your life. If you're looking for a way of increasing your intake of these heroic hops, Oklahoma Brewers Fest at the Chickasaw Bricktown Ballpark on June 18th is a perfect opportunity. This Craft Brewers Association of Oklahoma Thirst Trap will have plenty of local (laughs) vendors, a 360-degree photo booth, music, and more than 300 brews on tap. Though it might put that whole moderation thing to the test, this brewski ball is a great opportunity to support small Oklahoma businesses and your health at the same time, but only if you're over 21. Tickets are $10 each. Visit craftbeerok.org to buy some or find out more information. That sounds like fun. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. I, I learned a new word, a thirst trap. I'm taking that's that word back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's good. That would that's be a good. great name for a bar. Hang on, Greg. Um, before you read your event, I'm going to have a beer. <laughs> All right. I'm just kidding, listeners. It's a LaCroix. It's just a LaCroix. Just kidding. When I was a child, my parents often remarked that I would likely become an orthodontist because it was so natural for me to have my fingers in my mouth that it just made sense that I would try to make a living out of it. Looking back, I realized they were also trying to nudge me towards the lucrative world of gluing metal to the teeth of teenagers to ensure they would not be invited to makeout parties. But I followed my heart and became an editor of Oklahoma Today, a job in which it is highly looked down upon to put your fingers in anyone else's mouth. Still, if I want to experience the joys of of the orthodontic arts, I might head down to Paul's Valley June 17th and 18th for the Oki Noodling Tournament. (laughs) Wacker Park hosts the event, and it's a good time even if you aren't planning to get a 70-pound catfish to try to eat your arm. They'll have a kid's noodling clinic, a catfish cook-off, sorry, face painting, inflatables, food and beer vendors, and even the coronation of the Oki Noodling Queen. No word yet if the crown is just catfish trying to eat her head. (laughs) Sorry. Visit okinoodling.com to find out more about this year's festival. Greg, I love how I never I love how I never know what your event is going to be until like uh, halfway to two thirds of yeah, the way yeah, into the fun. event. Yep. <laughs> I will say, like, that's a fun event. It is. You, yeah. Yeah, you've done. I've it. been. Yeah, it's really fun. Like, it's a really, really, really fun to go. Yeah, yeah. And, and it sounds like it is. A, I mean, there's there's also like a kids catfish eating contest. So i there's a tank that you can get in and noodle oh, like safely. Okay. If you want to do it, yeah, like. You just get in and swim down, and there's like a place, and they have a catfish in there, and it's hiding for and adults stick, and children. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. like yeah. Oh, anybody can do it. Yeah, like oh. the lieutenant governor did it a couple years ago. It was hilarious. <laughs> That's funny. See, um, I was I was thinking about doing the like um, classic Mexican TV show thing and like drawing freckles on myself and wearing a ball cap with a a thing and just pretending to be a child so I get in on that catfish <laughs> eating contest. <laughs> This is not your house, though. Like, I know that's how you dress when you're at home. Yeah. Yeah, that's just how I, it's how I relax. Okay. I would give you catfish, Greg. Thank you so much, Megan. Megan. would this see is... her that. Would it she be would... all you can eat, Megan? It would yeah. have to be. Of course. If Megan was sharing there's, food. Uh, there's no other way to eat yeah. catfish. Yeah. <laughs> well, well this, the this, sound of a it's cat. It's been a few weeks since you we recorded a podcast, and I think that we've all got a little weird. <laughs> Yeah, meantime. we've gotten weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the sound of a catfish trying to eat my arm means that the Oklahoma Today podcast is coming to a close. Join us again next week, or if you just can't get enough, head to oklahomatoday.com and pick up our latest issue on newsstands right now. Send your feedback to OKTPod at travelok.com, and we'll talk to you again next week. The Oklahoma Today podcast is a production of Oklahoma Today magazine and the Oklahoma Tourism and Recreation Department. 
Your hosts are Oklahoma Today editors Nathan Gunner, Greg Elwell, Carly Ibarra, Megan Rossman, and Ben Lucian. Theme song editing and production help by Oklahoma Today's production manager, Bridget Sloan. For more information, visit oklahomatoday.com. Goodbye. Oh, for a second I thought she'd forgotten. <laughs> Never. <sighs> Good job, everybody. I'm going to go drink my second beer of the day. <laughs>